Mondays, 10 Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Looking for the best smoking ribs in town? Then we know exactly where you need to go. The Rib Shack Barbecue in Clearwater, located at 1850 Drew Street, is serving up freshly smoked ribs, chicken, pork, beef, and sausage, all served with their famous barbecue sauce. Pair it with their amazing sides like beans, mac and cheese, collard greens, potato salad, coleslaw, chips, and more. You are not going to be leaving hungry. Dine in, take out, or have it delivered with Uber Eats. 727-210-3077. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue, 1850 Drew Street in Clearwater. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. On this circuit, the world's most famous motor race is run. For 24 hours each year, men and machines are put to the supreme test, speed and stamina. There are 55 cars and 110 drivers, representing countries from all over the world. They will drive day and night through sun and rain. Beneath his racing suit, each driver must wear fireproof underwear capable of withstanding 2,400 degrees Fahrenheit, the temperature of burning gasoline, for 15 seconds. Yellow flags and yellow lights along the circuit indicate the presence of an accident. Yellow means danger, no overtaking. And so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most famous motor car race in the world, the 38th running of the Grand Prix of Endurance and Efficiency. is speed. The objective is winning. And the danger is dying. Le Mans, where hour by hour, lap after lap, the man-to-man competition of champions never stops. Do you think it will be like a Nürburgring? A race between you and Stoller? I hope not. Will this be the same kind of race you had with Delaney at the Nürburgring? Well, uh, this is Le Mans. It's a different thing, you know. And what do you think of Stoller? Stoller? I think he's probably one of the best drivers in the world. Do you think that you and Delaney will end up having a close race here? Maybe. He's fast, I'm fast, so we're always together. Press is making a big thing about us. Yeah. But it's money. That's American. Michael? Careful. Now, don't be a pain in the ass, Harry. Le Mans. At 200 miles an hour, 
The pressure of winning and losing is tough enough. Explaining it to someone else makes it even tougher. This isn't just a thousand to one shot. This is a professional blood sport. And it can happen to you. And then it can happen to you again. What is so important about driving faster than anyone else? A lot of people go through life doing things badly. Racing's important to men who do it well. When you're racing, it's life. Anything that happens before or after, just waiting. Le Mans. The men. The machines. The motion picture. Steve McQueen stars in it. No one else could. And now for all you music lovers, it's time for your traffic report. There's a six... Oh! What is it, Scooby? Can't you see I'm broadcasting here? Pile up on the tri-level, got you backed up all the way to the off-ramp. So, if you're traveling this morning, try to give yourself an extra day or two, folks. <laughs> Hang on, folks. I've just been handed this important bulletin. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our regularly scheduled program to bring you this special report. Like live, as it happens. Hi, everybody. It's Derek Bell, the five-time Le Mans winner, three-time Daytona 24-hour winner, two-time World Sports Car champion. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome upstairs, welcome to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm your show host, Robert. What did that sound like? That sounded like uh, uh, somebody in a boxing ring. Yeah, they go. Yeah, oh, get ready to rumble. Get ready to rumble. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay, well, anyway, uh, that was a slip. I didn't, you know, because I actually lost my balance here while I was scooting around in my chair. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Well, hey. Four wheels is pretty. Pretty tough there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they're on an X. You see, your crisscross. See, that's confusing. Oh, I'm yes. used to four corners. Four right? corners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. And the there's three levers on the side of it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Adjustments. It's a split shift thing, or uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, you're tuning into Nostalgic Man on Cars. That's that's us. And then uh, don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And uh, if you've missed any of our past shows, you can go to NostalgicRadioAndCars.com, where 600-and-some-odd shows are there. You know, it kind of, it, you know, it's it's 12 years, over 12 years now, and, you know, 600 shows, it doesn't really sound like a lot, but we've been consistent. And we've had some pretty good people on over the years and I'm pretty proud of that. I think we've done pretty good, pretty good show, you know, because we just kind of hang in. And we're live radio, you know, so you know, it, there's no goofing around here. It's all live uh, and spontaneous, all right, Bobby? It is. And I just was thinking about your little uh, in- introductory speech, and I have to edit it a little bit now because to watch us on YouTube, to see us live in the studio, as you say, yeah, you now go to both Nostalgic Radio and Cars on Facebook and YouTube. You listen live on TantalkNetwork.com. Okay, so that's, that's I will. Uh, I'm just correcting that now because I wanted. To, I want. I want our listeners to go to the right place. But then we will. Uh, we will rehearse that later. <laughs> okay, we'll rehearse. Oh, rehearse. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, um, where am I going with this? Oh, yeah. Well, so we got a great show now. What's coming up here in really two weeks, two and a half weeks now is Monterey Collector Car Week. Now that's probably the event of the year. 
um, because it's generally a week long, and it's you are just nothing. If you're a car guy, it is probably the only place that I can think of on the planet where they have a collection of some amazing events. You know, we've had McDowell on from Concorso Italiano, strictly Italian cars. You have the Porsche Works reunion. You have Legends of the Autobahn, which is BMWs, Audis, Mercedes, all of the German cars. Um, you've got Laguna Seca, or Weather Track, Weather Tech Raceway, Laguna Seca. I, used to, I always get that. What was it before that? It was Mazda? Was that what it was? Uh, yes. For us traditionalists, it's still Laguna Seca. At any rate, that is really, in my opinion, the race track out on the West Coast. Um, Riverside, Laguna Seca, and um, Sears Point were probably the premier racing tracks. Now, there were some other ones. Willow Springs is still around. Then it was Willow Run. Interesting. Some amazing racetracks on the West Coast. But we've also got probably the most historic racetrack in the world, two of them, right here in our own state of Florida, which is Daytona and Sebring, which I believe is the oldest racetrack, oldest sanctioned racetrack in the country. So, And I've always just been a huge fan of road race cars. Road race cars, you know, I mean, growing up, you know, Porsches, MGs, Jaguars, you know, Aston Martins, Mercedes-Benzes, you know, Porsches, obviously, and all those kind of cars, Fiats even, you know, Ferraris, um, Maserati, all those cars. You know, they were – but the cars that you saw, really, surprisingly, on Cobras, without a doubt, but all these cars you saw on a day-to-day basis running around town, you know, and a lot of these guys will take them. Of course, I grew up in Northern California, so there were other small little racetracks around the area. But then in the mid-60s, Sears Point became, like, the place to go. So in the mid-60s, when I was old enough to really kind of identify with cars, if you will, you know, I started building models as a kid, so I was always around them. And then growing, and going into San Francisco with my parents, there was a on Venice Avenue is where all the car dealerships were, particularly British Motor Cars, which had all the Jaguars and Haley's and Astons and, you know, and then down the road, the MG dealer, and then up the road, the Porsche dealer, and up the road, the Volkswagen dealer, and so on and so on, and, of course, Ford, Chevy, and Chrysler, and everybody else, and the Ferrari people. I mean, it was just, it, it was, they were kind of like, you didn't have specific groups so much, but you had one guy that handled, you know, multiple brands. But when you saw those cars back then, you know, growing up with them, you know, building the models, having little slot car tracks, and having those little replicas of the cars, you know, seeing the cars running around town, having those cars in, you know, friends of mine, their parents, you know, with their dad or their cousin or uncle, somebody had a car, they were fixing it up and sitting on a little single axle car trailer and they were dragging it to the racetrack, you know, and don't get me wrong, it was drag cars too, but I'm just saying I was just kind of like more enamored with sports car racing, you know, sports cars were just, they were just cool, you know, and, um, and I like hot rods, don't get me wrong, but there was something about sports cars and, uh, and uh, so Monterey uh, the Rolex reunion, which is coming up, is a tribute to all those cars. And of course, this year the featured uh, the event features uh, cars that race at Le Mans since day one, which was in like the early 1900s. And uh, so, some amazing cars. But anyway, we have a, a representative from from. Uh, why don't you go ahead and call Barry, see if we can get him on the phone. And uh, Barry's been on our show a number of times. And uh, like I said I, I go out there when I can. And Laguna Seca is just one of my favorite places to hang out. I mean, I get a media credential, and I get a photo credential, and I get in some really cool places to get some crazy shots. And uh, and you'll see those on our website and our Facebook page. You know, I post those from time to time. But it's just, it's just a tr- truly, really cool experience. And the beauty of vintage racing is that it's time stood still, but these cars are so cherished. 
And again, it w- if it weren't for those cars, there wouldn't be racing today, obviously. You know, and and racing was always a test bed. It was, you know, the manufacturers did it because, you know, it was a, a gave an opportunity to advertise and prove their worthiness in terms of parts, cars, durability, you know, popularity, and so on. And you know, racing is racing is extremely important. You know, it's just you know, it's just one of those things. It's you know, you talk about sports in general, and I don't want to get into that because I know there's a couple of guys listening that are just you know ball you know ball sports guys. But uh, like we always say in racing, it takes two balls to race in motorsports, and um, so and big ones at that. Because your butt's on the line, it really is. I mean, you know, you can you not you know most you know sports you you get hurt pretty bad. The likelihood to get killed is not so so much, but in motorsports racing definitely. We got Barry on the line? No. Okay. Anyway, so but motorsports racing is just fun, and for for guys that are real car enthusiasts, you know, when you go to these events, it's just a trip down memory lane. I mean, the cars, the people, the personalities, everybody hanging around there. You know, I mean, these are these are truly, you know, enthusiasts. A lot of women are there. A lot of women were involved in racing. Kids. A lot of kids get into racing. You know, they start out. I mean, you start with uh, Tom uh, Christensen is is a nine-time Le Mans winner. I think Derek, well, we had a little promo with him, and I think Derek won it three or four times. Hurley Haywood, I think, five times. Um, Tom Christensen, um, nine times, six times in a row. I mean, that's pretty amazing, you know. And and and, and the cars that he was driving, BMWs, Porsches, Audi, the Audi diesel, uh, Bentley even. You know, it's great to see a mark like Bentley to get in there. It's great to see, I think, you know, when you see Ferrari, Lamborghini. Now, Lamborghini wasn't really known as a race car back in the day, but they've gotten into it. But keep in mind now, Bentley, Lamborghini, um, Audi, you know, those are all... Um, Volkswagen, which is basically Porsche, and uh, so they they share the technology. They have their own technology, and you know it's uh, and 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 they you know work within the the scope of the the parent company there. But you know it's it's about winning. You know, and of course Toyota's no different. Neither is Nissan. Neither now Peugeot's coming on real strong, back again. You know they were big time big players back in the day, and uh, so you know you got a lot of these the old vintage marks getting back into it. You know, we're all, it's kind of like everything's kind of like in this retro world right now, which is kind of cool. I dig it, you know, because, I mean, I, I live in the past constantly. And, uh, I mean, hell, if you're looking, I still have a 1970 hairdo. But anyway, and I still have the cars in high school. In fact, I went to a high school reunion last weekend. So, but anyway, it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening here. I want to introduce this gentleman. He's the Director of Heritage Events and Public Relations at the WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. And I'm delighted to welcome back to the show. He's been on the show many times, Barry Topke. Barry, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. You're catching us at a good time. We're getting ready for uh, kind of a big event out here. Well, yeah, it's called the Rolex Reunion uh, Historic Re- Rolex Historic Reunion, right? Did I say right? Well, we've gone through so, we've gone through so many names. We are now the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion. Okay, that's it. But I was just kind of highlighting some of the stuff you know, talking about Monterey because I see I grew up in Northern California, so Sears Point and, and Laguna Seca were kind of like where I kind of used to go back and forth a little bit. And I was talking about race car drivers, you know, and racing and GT racing. I was referring to specifically. I was just talking about Tom Christensen because you know he's nine time. And he's one of the feature guests this year, personalities there at, uh, at Laguna Seca this year, right? Because it's a whole big Le Mans thing this, this year, right? So why don't you talk a little bit about that rather than me talk yeah. about it? No, absolutely. Tom Christensen is a fabulous guy. He's, uh, he's been here a couple of times before. 
he we've named him our grand marshal as you know if you're going to be honoring Lamar there's not none better than Tom Christensen as you said a nine-time overall winner uh, just an amazing talent and so he's going to be here on Saturday doing interviews meeting with fans driving a couple of cars probably on some parade laps and just going around and being the ambassador of motorsports we also have a special guest uh, Henry Actually, I should say it in French. Andre Pescarolo, the four-time overall winner. He's never been to Monterey. Wow. Flying in from Paris, and uh, he's going to be reunited with one of his own Pescarolos. That was uh, fourth overall in, I believe, 2007. So, you know, you just never know who's going to be in the paddock that you can rub shoulders with, bump into as they're admiring the cars. And, uh, you know, we're going to have the Peter Brocks, Hurley Haywoods, uh, you know, just the normal cast of characters that um, make the Rolex reunion so much fun. Now, I, what's this about a hill climb? Tell us about that. I, I was reading, I got a, a memo, you know, something about a hill climb. You're going to do a hill climb event this year, first time. Yeah, we, we, we moved the date. We used to run the Rolex reunion on Thursday through Sunday. Right. This year, we accelerated to Wednesday through Saturday. But on Sunday, in honor, you know, we want to make it a community today. Okay. And really, you know, allow our participants, if they want, to go to the Pebble Beach Concours and enjoy that day in a relaxed setting instead of having to say, gosh, I've got to race my car in the morning and then rush over to Pebble. So if they want to go to Pebble, that's great, fully supportive. But what are we going to do a little bit differently? So we are going to take a flyer and do a corkscrew hill climb. So we will be starting from near the start-finish line, reverse course, up and finish at the uh, top of the corkscrew. Oh, expecting uh, 60 cars max, and we've got a every we've got anything from a 1925 Bugatti Type 35 to a 1976 Formula One. Uh, you know, Lucid wants Lucid and Tesla always go head to head. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, both of those companies are uh, eager to try to do something and. It's just pure fun. You know, we may think back on Sunday afternoon thinking, what a disaster that was. <laughs> we'll never do it again. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's never been done before. And we want to just have a little bit of fun, open it up to the community. It's free admission from 6 in the morning until 7.30 in the morning for the cars and coffee crowd. Oh, wow. And enjoy the, the cars in the paddock, see the Lamar cars, and just really have a fun time. Now, what's going on with the whole – so I know there was some tension there at one point in time with, with, uh, from the political side, but that got resolved, and now are you getting, you're getting a lot more support from Monterey and, and, and the surrounding community. Because there, I think so there some issues about noise and some other stuff, and some of the people weren't all enthralled about the racing and what's going on. But that's all changed now, hasn't it? I mean, everybody's kind of like on board, correct? It, it really has. Uh, we still have a few local residents who are, live across the street who are um, opposed to any growth, any noise, airport traffic, or anything of that sort. So we're never going to win them over, but we play nice with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they understand us, and we understand where they're coming from. But the county of Monterey owns the facility. And just last week, the Board of Supervisors voted in a four out of five vote to approve a $14.9 million funding of a new start-finish bridge and repaving. Oh, wow. Beginning November of this year, we're going to be shut down for a little bit while they do you know, some much-needed investment, uh, uh, grading and things of that sort. So it's really a shot in the arm for the motorsports community and for the Monterey County 
that the ownership is saying, we value this place, we know it can be successful, and uh, you know, we're not going away. There's, there's always been some talk about Laguna Seca closing. You know, there's been that swirl for years and years and years. The ownership is not going to put in $14.9 million plus, 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 if they're going to be shutting it down. So, you know, fans can rest assured that WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca is here to stay. That's super. Well, having McNeil on board is kind of a big play. I mean, they're, that's kind of a racing family itself, so it's kind of nice to have somebody that's really, really, you know, pro-racing involved. And, you know, it's not just a name. You know, it's not just, you know, Ford, Chevrolet, Mazda, or whoever. It's, it's a racing, you know, motivated kind of group of people there, which I think that that has a lot to do with it as well, don't you? Because people sense that. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree that McNeil's you know, David, the owner, and then Cooper, his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Cooper races in the Ferrari Challenge and in IMSA. Fantastic family, very supportive. And, you know, they want to see this place thrive, and they want to see motorsports around the world thrive. Uh, Cooper was fortunate to have a Le Mans uh, finish. I think he finished second or third at Le Mans this year in his class. So, you know, it, it's, they have the passion for the sport and a passion for uh, WeatherTech Raceway, and they've been a valuable and very supportive partner over the past few years and hopefully for the future years. Super, super, super. All right, so tell us about uh, the Le Mans display because I know that's that's special. Okay, so why don't you share some highlights of some of the cars, some of the people, and, uh, you know, the, the details. You know, usually the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion has a featured mark. We have a Ford, we have a Shelby, we have BMW, Ferrari, things like that. Mm-hmm. So we took a little bit of a flyer again this year of honoring the 24 hours of Le Mans. Uh, you know, Scott Atherton, uh, the former president of IMSA, put me in touch with the president of the ACO in, in France. We had our first Zoom call, and they were 100% on board to doing the proposed being the kickoff to their 100th anniversary, which will take place in 2023. So we have been, instead of having one company prepare the featured mark area, we've hired a curator to pull together. And what we have is 51 overall winners, first-in-class winners, or very special interest cars that will be on display as our featured mark. We have everything from the, the 1929 Bentley Speed 6 that won in 29 and 30, the original Bentley Boys car, Wow. To, um, you know, the Mercedes 300 SL, the W194, that was the overall victor in 52 or 53, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Jaguar D-Type, the very last Ferrari to capture overall honors in 1965 will be on display. That's courtesy of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum. And a very special tribute of the original Ford GT40s that won in 66, 67, and then the double winner, 68 and 69. So we're going to have all four of those GT40s together in one place, which is going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be special. Uh, you know, we think it's going to be the largest assembly of overall winners and first-in-class winners ever assembled in, in America. You know, what's interesting is that I can't think of any other racetrack in the country you know, I mean, we're talking, you know, it could be MIS, could be Elkhart Lake, you would think, Daytona, Sebring. Outs- nobody outside of Laguna Seca, and particularly the Rolex Motorsports Reunion event in itself, attracts the magnitude, and I'm going to use that word magnitude, of collector cars, 
or just the the histo- from the historical significance, the vehicles and the people and the whole ambiance of 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 the racing racing world so the, uh, of the past and and I'm surprised at that you know particularly because Sebring's in our backyard right here and it's historic and obviously Daytona but Monterey you guys just do the best you guys just absolutely do the best you know Monterey is also a destination capital of you know on the west coast for sure mm-hmm. and when you combine you know Pebble Beach started out in 1950 I believe it was and then, uh, you know, the races here started in 1974 with General Racing, Steve Earle starting it off. Mm-hmm. And those were the only two events that was the, 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 the genesis of Monterey Car Week. Now you've got 35, 40 events, big auction houses, Bonhams, uh, Gooding, and all those that are here. And they're really, when I looked at it, yes, Pebble Beach Concord is probably the best in the world. We are one of the top one uh, historic races in the world. But when you compare everything into one place that Monterey County has to offer this week, mm-hmm. you know, Goodwood is amazing. I mean, the Goodwood Festival of Speed and the Goodwood Revival are, are outstanding. But it's, it's one location, and they do a fantastic job. But we're, we're spread out throughout the county with all these different shows and different auctions. There really isn't another week like this for motorsports enthusiasts. Hmm. No, and you're right, and it and it attracts a world audience. Seriously, it does. Yeah, we, we're we're yeah we're we're down a little bit on international visitors because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We're still a little bit uh, shy. Uh, parts availability for some of the cars and rebuilds are slow, uh, so we've had a few withdrawals that that normally aren't happening. But um, you know that that's typical with things, and you know, we're still going to have 400 plus you know historic race cars on the track. We had the Ragtime Racers, which is another 25 cars of those pre-1920, you know, with a riding mechanic and stuff. Uh, oh, wow. Those guys are, those guys are just fantastic. And they have a pre-1920 garage that they completely build up and invite guests in to sit in their cars and help them change their tires and do engine rebuilds. It's a real entertaining show. But when you add all of this together, I mean, they're really, you know, four days of motorsports nirvana of just, you just don't know what you're going to see. And, and what really keeps this, this event elevated is our advisory council demands strict authenticity of each car that's accepted. I mean, these are the real deal. They're not continuation cars. They're not replicas. These are the actual cars that raced in the day that many have significant history to it. Uh, I called somebody up just today because we're doing a photo shoot for Rolex, you know, a car-to-car shoot. And it sounded kind of odd. I needed to get a GT40 and a Ferrari 250 GTO. <laughs> Almost later, I've got both. Yeah, you know, for this photo shoot. Yeah, you know, that doesn't happen too often. No, no, no. That's <laughs> that's. Cars. Yeah. So there's a special, uh, you know, spirit to what we do, and and people come here to share their cars with their fans. There's nothing to win. We don't award first, second, or third place. We award style, uh, their spirit of driving, and, and just camaraderie. It's a real entertaining show that have significant automobiles with fantastic people who want to share them. How many entrants do you have uh, signed up for this year? I mean, what is the typical participation rate? We, we've gone from anywhere from in, when we first took over the event in 2010, we had 625 cars in the paddock, which was absolutely insane. Wow. And uh, 
we went down to 550, down to 500, and this year we set the, the bar at 400, which allows a little bit more breathing room in the paddock, uh, make sure that the cars that are accepted are absolutely, without question, authentic, and you know, really create a better vibe instead of such a hectic, uh, frenetic pace in the paddock. Barry, the um, the the classes that you have right now, I know is is Trans Am still the largest class, or is it the uh, kind of small bore Europeans? What's what's what kind of like the the, the the largest percentage of cars on the field? Which event? Well, yeah, we have the uh, SCCA production cars this year, and, and that is a strong group. Mm-hmm. Also, have a for the first time ever a saloon class, so we're gonna have little minis out there, and and uh, you know Alpha GTAs. Oh wow! Uh, the historic Trans Am group—they always put on a good show, and they're right. in the in the forty-plus car count in the field, which we usually restrict the number of cars to forty max on the track. Uh, the historic Trans Am, Am tra- historic Trans Am guys—they all know each other and know how they race, so we we exceed that a little bit in the forty. But some of the other groups, like Formula One, we want a smaller grid because these are people coming in internationally. They may not know the track as well, and we want to make sure that safety, you know, driver safety and car safety is the paramount uh, rule. No, that's good that you brought that up, because I, I, it's interesting that you mentioned it, because like you said, the Trans Am guys pretty much, is that's, it's their little group, their thing. They all know each other real well, and their driving styles and stuff. And like you said, somebody else comes in from out of town, so you want to keep the grid a little bit smaller, particularly with open-wheel cars, because you know, that's a little bit more treacherous uh, than fender-to-fender action. Um, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And, you know, and the other thing is, you know, there's, there is a great speed differential and driving differential among these cars. Mm-hmm. Now, these are not professional race car drivers. They're out there to have fun and enjoy their car at a speed that they are comfortable at. And, you know, these cars are, some are quite a lot faster than others. So, you know, we have to watch it and, and the driving etiquette is, is demanded. Uh, proper speed and proper driving. And if you do something stupid, you're going to be black flagged and pulled off. And everybody knows that. And every year there's you know, some cars that have to be pulled off, and, and sometimes the car has been put back on a trailer and sent away. Oh. You know, it's like there's very strict rules about contact and, and you know, gentleman driving. Yes, etiquette. Yep, absolutely. All right, now HSR is now kind of like uh, doing the – actually running the, the track for you guys. Is that how that is? They're the, kind of like the sanctioning – organization there is, is, is they're returning for their second year as our sanctioning body they do all the uh, tech inspection they ensure that uh, you know, they work with the advisory council on any questions about authenticity and tire size working on that and they do the on-track uh, running so if there's some you know they work with the SCCA corner marshals very very closely of, of does somebody need to be pulled in is someone leaking oil you know, come in for a driver uh, discussion about things like that. So it's a real seamless effort. They do the roving tech in the paddock, so they go to the each pit space. Again, making the customer experience a lot better for everybody. And uh, they've done a phenomenal job this past year, and we welcome them back this year. Uh, David Hinton and his crew out of... Uh, Clearwater, right here by us. Uh, they, they just do a fantastic job. Really enjoy working with them. Now, I, did, did I read somewhere that uh, Bill Warner's going to be uh, uh, kind of involved with uh, HSR this year? Is he? Um, he is he's our chief steward. Chief steward, okay. Our, 
He's also on our advisory council. Okay. One of the things that we do for each group is have a steward that typically runs in that group. Uh-huh. Kind of the eyes and ears, they're the group historian to help say that this car didn't exactly run this way in period, and we need to make some changes to it. If there's a, uh, a problem with the, some of the drivers, maybe over-aggressive, the st- group steward is the first on base to, to you know, kind of figure that out a little bit. Uh-huh. Bill has been a member of our committee and, and a longtime participant. Uh, racing is Triumph is you know Group 44 cars. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's very familiar with the rules, how we operate. He's a, just a yeah. Uh, he's been a dear friend of mine for many many years, and very pleased that he's that he stepped aboard as the chief steward. However, he missed that meeting when he was appointed chief steward. So <laughs> meetings when you're on the advisory council, you get named for certain things. <laughs> uh, but he, he's he's an invaluable member. He has, you know, he's a walking encyclopedia of motorsports. So what are, what are other events taking place? Is there what do they do for like entertainment and stuff like that? So in other words, let's say I'm there, I'm the car guy. What about my wife and my son? What do they do? What do you got for plan for them? We have a whole family zone. We have exhibitors. We have this year launching Cafe Le Mans, which we haven't really talked about too much. Yeah, let's talk about that. Champagne and and uh, some French tastes right there in the paddock right by the stage. You know, kind of creating a relaxed atmosphere so that guests can go somewhere and enjoy, you know, their time here. We're also, this is our 65th anniversary of Laguna Seca, so we have a uh, uh, Laguna Seca History Museum going through the decades with old photos of, you know, Sir Sterling Moss and Phil Hill, Dan Gurney, all the greats who have raced here many, many times. So we're going to, we're, we're trying to entertain and educate and uh, yeah, that, that's a, a key part of what we do. You know, we are a rolling history of museum, you know, museum history here you know, with the cars on track, but we have to give people more things to do that are you know, not necessarily automotive enthusiasts, but they want to come out and have an, an experience. You know, so we're looking at all the different touch points that we can provide to them to, to want them to come back. Up on the hill, up by the corkscrew, there used to be like a little restaurant, and I think that's there every year too as well, right? So that's a great vantage point for people to watch uh, the races. Oh, people love going up there, and, and we certainly do have our, our English ales, you know, serving some local English brews. Uh-huh. And um, you know, people go up there and enjoy the shade and watch the cars you know, coming through because we are on track. You know, the, the track is hot every moment of the day, so there's always something happening. And, you know, it, it's... You know, when people say, gosh, there's nobody there because there's nobody sitting in the grandstand, you know, that's kind of a misnomer. We're not like a big stadium where you have to sit in a seat to see everything. You know, people here roam. Yes. <laughs> we have the paddock. We have the marketplace. We have all sorts of fantastic viewing areas, and, and people do roam. So when you look at the grandstands and they're not full, it doesn't mean that we're not, we're not you know, our attendance isn't up. It's just a matter of people are out and about. Well, it's like the cafe up on the hill there. I mean, you can either walk up there, or I think you have shuttles, too, don't you, to go up there? Yeah, we have shuttles and, and you know, help out people to, to get up there and back down. And you know, We have the Monterey Bay Vets who operate the the uh, shuttle service, and they're just fantastic and you know, happy to take people around. Um, so on, when they ha- when the race takes place, just for our listeners now, how the, the sessions are what, 20, 30 minutes? And then there's, there's is there an endurance race as well? No, this year we're doing 25-minute sessions, which okay. is from 20. And we did have an insurance race the past couple of years, but we are not doing that this year. Okay. Um, one of the things we had to do is 
it was four groups to celebrate Lamar and doing 100 years of Lamar almost <laughs> is kind of difficult getting the cars all classified correctly. So we do have four dedicated groups to the cars that were either that either ran at Lamar or were eligible to run at Lamar. And uh, they're, like I said before, they're the real deal and, and anxious to see them out there. We have a number of class winners who are actually racing and and uh, you know, it's going to be a, you know, a sight for the eyes and ears for sure. So if I understand you correctly, a lot of those vintage cars that participated uh, in Le Mans over the years will be on the track just even if they do like parade laps? Yeah, absolutely. You know, these these 50 cars that we have in just the heritage display, they'll be out on track uh, every day as well, you know, doing exhibition laps, not at speed because you know, the owners don't necessarily race them anymore. And and there's a couple of static cars uh, that will not go out, such as the, the uh, 1967 GT40 from the Henry Ford, the old A.J. Foyt Dan Gurney car. Right. That won't go out on track for exhibition laps, but it'll still be on display. But many of these cars will go out, and you know, at varying speeds, as safe as the owner uh, you know, feels comfortable doing. You know, a question I'm going to ask you, and I don't know if you can answer this or not. You may be familiar with it, but you know how in Indy they have a museum there of of Indy cars. Do they? And of course, Daytona has a museum there with Daytona and stock cars and and other race cars and the Motorsports uh, Hall of Fame is there as well. In France, at Le Mans, do they have a like you know these cars that came over? Are are any of these cars in museums? I mean, does the Le Mans actually have a museum that's dedicated to the to, to the 24-hour uh, event race? You know, I haven't been over there in a long time. In fact, the only time I was over there was for a um, MotoGP race. Mm-hmm. And But I do understand that they are building, a, you know, in anticipation of their 100th anniversary, collecting, you know, the cars for display and creating this whole uh, experience while there. A friend was over there just this past year, and they do have actual models of every car that ever raced at Le Mans. And he found his car. And it's, Whoa. He's taking the selfies with his car <laughs> you know, you know, in the museum. So uh, I, I do have to get over there you know, because you know, just from my working with them, they are very detail-oriented and just, I mean, they know what they want. And, and, and it, it is the pinnacle of endurance racing, without a doubt. Tell us about some of the other events that take place at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. I mean, you mentioned MotoGP, which is basically uh, sport bike racing. Yeah, we had MotoGP for a number of years, and um, you know, right now we have Moto America that just finished up this past month, and it did a great race. It was uh, a lot of fun, good attendance. You know, people are coming back out to the racetrack. Next month in September, we are the season finale to the IndyCar race. So we have the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. And ticket sales are strong for that, and and you know be live on NBC Network, and the championship will be crowned. And and uh, you're working with the IndyCar team is is you know really good. They are just a class act, and they they know from track to track what they need and what they do. Uh, so I'm I will focus more attention on IndyCar after we get the Rolex reunion over. <laughs> okay. Um, for anybody who just tuned in, I have my special guest is Barry Topke. He is the Director of Heritage Events and Public Relations at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. And we're having a discussion about the upcoming Monterey Historic. 
uh, races at Laguna Seca. Well, I st- I'm old school, so I still say Laguna Seca. In fact, when I had Gil and a couple other people on, they'd always they always correct me. <laughs> but anyway, Barry. So what else do you? Um, so the some of the other events um, that take place. I mean, now is there the 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 motorcycle racing? The back in the day, I don't remember. Was did they ever do concerts and stuff like that out there at the racetrack? They did. They had uh, the Beach Boys, the Grateful Dead. In fact, they had the Grateful Dead, I think it was in 1986. Mm-hmm. And then three months later, they had the Pope. I guess there was a reason the Pope had to come to the <laughs> <laughs> after that. But, okay. Uh, yeah, the, 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 while we're close to residents and we are close to downtown Monterey, which is part of our, our appeal to so many, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we do have a 500-acre-plus you know, property here with campgrounds that are open daily that we have the traffic plans to be able to accommodate people. And, and certainly when we're closing up in November for several months to do the repaving and the start-finish bridge, these are things that we're looking at, how to utilize the facility for other type of events that do not use the racetrack. Mm-hmm. You know, we are looking at concerts and different festivals and things of that sort that, that keeps, uh, keeps Laguna Seca thriving. And uh, we can't wait to inaugurate everything once we reopen, but uh, uh, you know, it, it's a day-use day facility. Uh, we do cars and coffee, twilight cycling, and, and things of that sort that really are geared towards the community. And we are actively embracing the community, community and getting out more into, uh, into the, the activities that are involving us and that we involve them. So we want to be a good uh, community partner, and uh, you know, we're working hard at that. Uh, rumors of a Rensport reunion again? True. No more rumors. True. Okay. Tell us about it. What do you know? Can what can you what can you share with us? Well, we have weekly meetings already. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, September twenty seven through October one, it will be the seventy fifth anniversary of Porsche, and we do not yet have a theme. Uh, well, that's this year. There, uh, that's in 2023. Oh, 2023. Okay, okay, okay. You had me worried there for a second because, uh, I, like I said, I heard it was a rumor. Okay, no, it's real. Okay, good. Next year. It is real. It's been announced. Uh, we'll be opening for ticket sales on September 28th of this year, one one year in advance. And, uh, you know, things are moving full speed ahead. And, and if you've not been to a Porsche Rentsport reunion, you do not need to be a Porsche fan to appreciate the experience. I, I liked Porsches before, uh, but, you know, I didn't really have a passion for them. So in 2011, when we held the first Porsche Rentsport here in Monterey, at least, yeah, I, I walked, walked through the paddock and saw the, you know, the Moby Dick poster car and things like that. I thought, okay, this is great. And then to see 50-plus legendary drivers, all recognizable names, lined up to sign autographs, to see the families out and it really is an experience that is unforgettable. And then in 2018, our third hosting of Run Sport here, there was a tractor race, and the fans went crazy. We did a Lamont-style start at the start-finish line with these tractors. They went all the way around, finished at turn five. In the driver meeting, we told them, please stay on track so we don't have to clean the dirt. <laughs> well, turn two, yeah, I think it was Patrick Long was leading the way, and he sure enough, He's on the dirt, and everyone else followed. Oh. <laughs> but the fans were just cheering and just absolutely loving it. There's, a, there's, a, there's something about Porsche Rennsport that just 
I don't see any other car company in the world that could do what Rensport is like. I mean, there are Ferrari fanatics and, and things like that, but uh, not to the extent that a worldwide gathering comes to Monterey. Well, I was there for that one, and uh, I, I and and I was totally enthralled. And like you said, I mean, uh, just wandering around in the paddocks, just seeing all those race cars, like the detractors, the celebrities, um, just and the cars in the parking lot were equally as exciting. You know, the the privately owned cars. I mean, it was it was uh, it was wall to wall Porsche. Yeah, and you know they, you know Porsche does it right. They brought in a concert one night. We had uh, Seal perform, and, and Bob Ware, the Grateful Dead, was up on stage and had about six different acts. And you know, just watching people enjoy everything that was going on. And like I said, the legends that they had, you know, the you know, dear Dick Alford was here, and, and just, uh, you know, Jochen Moss, you know, Johann Stuck, and I mean, just the names just go on and on and on. Of any driver who has uh, driven for Porsche were here. And it's just, it's, and like I said, you don't have to be a Porsche fan to really, really enjoy the event. So now what's, uh, what, uh, just talk a little bit about yourself, your background. I was reading someplace that you had, uh, you were involved with uh, public relations with uh, Lamborghini at one point in time. <laughs> well, you, you're, you're going back in history, aren't you? Well, you know, I want people, I want people to know who you are. I mean, you're, you know, a guest on the show and you're, you're on, you're on stage here and you tell people about yourself yeah. and you do a fantastic job over there at, uh, at the, at the WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. And, uh, but tell us a little bit about your past and, your automotive, how your passion started. We got a few minutes left. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, it really started out with the agency that I was at, and then I broke away and formed my own business. And some of the clients that I had with the other agency came with me. So, you know, the agencies. My agency started out with Lamborghini, and I sat in on the buy sell with with Chrysler, and you know, with the Indonesian conglomerate that was buying it. I thought, you know, and initially, no, this is not happening. And then, you know, flying out to Michigan to meet with the attorneys, I thought, okay, this is, there's something here. And I remember the day I got the call. I was coming back from NADA in San Francisco, pulled off to the hotel in Emeryville to take a call. And they said, okay, we bought Lamborghini. We want you on board. And I formed my own business at that time and took Lamborghini on as my sole client. And I was the public relations director for the U.S. I was going to Italy about every other month. You know, did a deal with Mr. Trump back then, and really? going to Mar-a-Lago and and having lunch with him while he was in New York, and and it was it was a absolute blast. And probably one of the best things about it was that my daily driver, when I was working living in Sacramento, California, my daily driver was a Diablo VT. No way. And I would put about 2,500 kilometers on it, make a phone call, and the reliable carrier would come in and pick that one up and unload another. <laughs> no way. Well, wait a minute. Now, you mentioned Trump. There was a rumor that he had a Diablo at one point in time, a blue one. Is that true? He had a blue uh, VT Roadster, one of the very first production ones that came into the country. And no we kidding. had a deal with him where he would, um, he would pay X number of dollars in exchange for exposure and things of that sort. That's how I got into Mar-a-Lago, and, and we became friends, and, and it was quite nice uh, back in the day. But yeah, he... Um, he had one, and I remember being in the Palm Beach Post. He was putting gas in, and some photographer, you know, took a picture of him filling up the Lamborghini gas tank. 
<laughs> so that's for real. I mean, I w- that's not superimposed or that's not Photoshop. That's the real deal. That was the real thing. Absolutely. I can picture that to this day. And, and uh, so I stayed with Lamborghini for quite some time. And, and when the ownership changed into Audi, obviously everything changes and yeah, they clean house and things of that sort. But you know, I, I feel yeah, it, was, it was an honor to be part of that transition team and you know, being at, at the factory so often and, and their headquarters in the U.S. were Jacksonville. So I was in Jacksonville about every other week and um, you know, fell in love with the area. Interesting, interesting. So where are you from originally then? Uh, born in Chicago, but you know, really Sacramento and L.A. area. Oh, okay. And, uh, like I said, I had my own business for 10 years, and, and one of my largest clients was the Los Angeles Auto Show, and I remember them calling up one day and saying, can we meet for breakfast on Sunday morning? I thought, that's never good. <laughs> and um, they, they said, you know, what you do as an agency for, this, for the L.A. Auto Show, we need to have in-house. I was in charge of not only the public relations, but I was in charge of all the OEM relations. So I was dealing with all the car companies. Really? And I, you know, I had my business for 10 years and thought, here's another chapter to go in-house. So I joined the LA Auto Show at that point and, and uh, yeah, was internal for a while. You've had an amazing ride, really. Um, but so you, at Laguna now... Is your your passion for racing? Is that really why you know what what because you're very good at what you do? You've been there for a while. You left. You came back. Is it your passion for racing that just keeps you there at Laguna? It's the passion for racing, but it's really the people. The people. You know, the owners of these cars are just are are just amazing individuals. They love to share their automobile with with their fans. And yeah, you know, when I left, you know, I joined up in 2009 initially. When uh, I got a call, you know, earlier when I was with, after after I left the LA Auto Show, I was uh, looking for a new job because I kind of was tired of doing auto show work. And about two days after I left, I get a call from an agency saying, you know, we 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 have a client and we heard your name as a potential, you know, assistant to us. That's well, what's the name of the client? Well, we represent Toyota. Okay, I have a lot of friends at Toyota. What's the name of the event? Well, we're going to be sponsoring the Monterey Historic Automobile Races. Have you ever heard of it? Well, Steve Earle was a client of mine for 10 years. Ah. So that's how I kind of got back into the fold. I was representing Toyota and actually working with Mr. Farley when he was with Toyota. He was overseeing that project. Jim Farley, yes. He's now with Ford. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Uh-huh. So we, we did that and then came on board. And, you know, 2009, at the end of 2009, came on board here full time. And I've been here pretty much ever since. Well, that's amazing. You've had an amazing run. You've 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 followed your calling, and now you're doing what you really want to do, and you're doing a great job. Barry, we're just about up against the clock. I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And obviously, I will be there as usual because I love that run. But real quick, we got a minute now, about thirty seconds left. Um, what happened to? So I know, unfortunately, um, um, uh, can't think of his name right now. My name. Uh, he passed away, and they're not doing the uh, concourse on the Ave. What's taking place on Tuesday? Because I know the Trans M cars used to run downtown and set up, and you know, you get a police escort from the racetrack downtown, and and uh, Friedman um, used to do the. Uh, yeah, Dave, Dave Friedman. He uh, uh, died unexpectedly, obviously, and and they tried to get it going, but his wife Jeannie just, you know, it was tough. Yeah. Got a late start, and to do this type of an event, it's a year round, so it's not going to happen this year. But hopefully it does return in 2023. Okay. 
Well, that was a great event, and that was always exciting to just have the train. I mean, you could hear them coming down the road, just all those Trans Am cars. That was just an amazing experience right there. So, uh, you know, we, we look forward to that in the future again and some of the other stuff. And, again, real quick, shout out one more time. If people want to find out more about Monterey Historics, how do they go about doing it? Uh, call, you know, call 831-242-8200 or just check our website at weathertechraceway.com. Sounds good. Barry, you take care, and uh, I'll see you in a couple weeks. You got it. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I want to thank my special guest, Barry Telpke from uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. It was a great interview. Uh, I enjoyed having him on this time, talking a little bit some of the other stuff going on, a little bit about himself, too, because, you know, we want people to talk about themselves a little bit so you get to know who these guys are, because you know, these are personalities. These are people that are fun. They've got their experiences led them to where they're at right now, which... I say this all the time. It's not always what you know or who you know, what you know. It's everything you know, and you put it all, you kind of gather it all, and someday you, you get really, really good at whatever it is you like to do. It's called passion, I guess. I don't know. Did I make any sense, Bobby? Probably not. It's profound. Profound. Okay. Anyway, don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network here in downtown Clearwater, right, Bobby? And uh, our social media stuff, you know, they say we're not active enough on our social media. I think we do okay. But, hey, we're radio. We're live radio. That's what we are. We're traditionalists here. And uh, once you get some of the car shows, if you want to find out where all the car shows are, definitely check out flacarshows.com. Bobby Ribshack, give him a plug. Do the Ribshack. Absolutely. Shack at 1850 Drew Street. Come see him, whether it's inside or in their tent. That's where you got to find them. Yeah, and then Elite Diesel up in uh, Spring Hill up there does a great job on diesels and southern 4x4 does a great job fixing your jacking your 4x4 so go give those guys a call tell me you heard it on Nostalgia Green Car. meantime everybody stay safe drive carefully and love your family WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.